You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Thursday, November 9th, and we're talking White Sox baseball today with Scott Merkin, our White Sox reporter for MLB.com. And, uh, Scott, unfortunately, it's been a rather uh, a sad, tragic week uh, all around baseball, and in particular with regards uh, to the White Sox, as uh, just days ago, uh, Daniel Webb, who spent parts of four seasons with the Pale Hose as a reliever, uh, he passed away in a, in a tragic accident uh, near his home. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, the news that's dominated baseball uh, for a couple of days now, the equally tragic passing of former two-time Cy Young winner Roy Halladay, uh, winning one with the Blue Jays, winning one with the Phillies, and uh, passing away in a, in a uh, pilot's accident uh, at the age of 40, leaving behind a wife and two kids. And, uh, you know, Scott, any time any athlete, uh, no matter what their stature, passes away, it is certainly sad and tragic. But with regards to Halliday in particular, not just for the competitor he was and for all he accomplished as an athlete, but for the person he was. And you see all these tributes pour in on social media from uh, teammates, opponents, and executives, and uh, people all around baseball, all around sports. It really illustrates what kind of a human being Roy Halliday was. And, Scott, to say the least, uh, this one really, really hits home, and it really hurts. Yeah, you know, like you said, I think any passing is, you know, untimely passing is, is a horrible situation. I, I didn't know Mr. Halliday personally. I never really spoke to him, but I did cover many of his games and just, you know, a great competitor. And, and you see that across the board about, you know, the, the tireless work he put into being an excellent pitcher, uh, one of the game's great pitchers, and just, you know, what a great person he was. I, I happened to be at a um, charity event where A.J. Przinsky spoke, and A.J. was actually friendly with Roy Halladay and his his wife, Lisa, is friends with uh, Roy Halladay's wife, and said, you know, he was talking to people the day the news came out, and he said just, you know, on this kind of text chain that he was in, there were, there were just no words to describe it. There were just no words to say, you know, what happened. It's interesting, I'm, I'm looking at two box scores right now of games that Roy Halladay pitched against the White Sox, and one was in May 31st, 2007. It was a game in Toronto with Mark Burley on the other side for the White Sox. Mark Burley gave up two solo home runs in that game, and no other base runner the entire game. He didn't give up another hit or another walk and lost to a game that Halliday pitched that took an hour and 50. He lost 2 oh. nothing. <laughs> and then on the flip side, on a game uh, in Chicago, which was played on June, July 28, 2007, it was Mark Burley who got the 2 nothing complete game shutout win. with or Not complete game, he went eight innings and so did Halliday. And that game took 207. The first game took 150. Man. In that game that Halliday lost, Jerry Owens, who was for a while the top prospect, one of the top prospects, the White Sox hit his lone career home run to uh, to win to win that game. So it's interesting some of the things that jog your memory when it happens. But yeah, I mean both great losses for baseball. You know, I I knew Daniel Webb obviously quite a bit better. Real nice kid. Um, you know, had fought hard. It was fighting hard to get back to the majors after he missed the season of Tommy John surgery. Yeah, you know, on one hand, it, it's even more tragic that you know he had gotten married, I guess, in, in a small ceremony back in March. And uh, Kevin Smith, who's the White Sox catcher, is very close friends, you know, kind of like a brother with Daniel Webb, had said they had had a celebration that afternoon at his place. He went out that night to kind of see the stars with, with a group, including his wife, riding um, all-terrain vehicles. And that was when he had the accident. So on, on one hand, it's, it's unbelievable that he was celebrating his, his love that afternoon and then died that night. But as Kevin Smith said, you know, he also had never seen him happier. So he was kind of in a, in a good place when this happened. And unfortunately... His wife was injured too, and they have a small, they have a three-month-old 
baby. So just yeah, kind of a, a, a sad a sad few weeks here in baseball. Yeah, to say the least. I mean, it, it just it just rips your guts out. I mean, to read stories like this, uh, especially you know we we tend to forget sometimes that as uh, as in depth as we cover these guys as athletes and for all that they do between the foul lines. They're people. I mean, they're human beings first and foremost, so they have families and wives and children. And in the case of Daniel Webb, as you said, a, a newborn baby. And uh, it just, I mean, what do you say? I mean, how, how do you possibly put something like that into words, something that tragic? And, uh, you know, like you said, Scott, it's just been a, a very sad, tragic couple of weeks, a uh, couple of days, really, uh, for baseball between the deaths of uh, Daniel Webb and Roy Halladay. And, uh, we can I really- should add in real quick there, which I wrote about this week, sure. David Robertson, uh, another uh, great guy, you know, on the field and off field, and his wife, Erin, they, they have a uh, charitable organization called High Socks for Hope. And you can go to that website, highsocksforhope.org, and can donate to, they have a Daniel Webb Memorial Fund to kind of help his family you know, handle some of the unexpected bills that will come up from, you know, this unfortunate passing. Yeah, and that's that's a great endeavor that uh, David Robertson has uh, taken up to help uh, his former friend, his former teammates, and we encourage uh, everybody, if you have even a nickel to spare, uh, to go to that website and to help out uh, that family and that young baby because, you know, something like this um, – you know, like I said, it's it's hard to put into words, and uh, it's just been a it's been an awful week for baseball in that regard. And we can only hope that uh, you know better days are ahead. Uh, well, Scott, let's try to uh, you know get a little more uplifting here and and talk about something positive. As uh, you had a chance to speak at the end of the season with uh, Yoan Moncada, and this is a guy that uh, you know there's been a, a target on his back for. A long time, uh, he was given that uh, huge signing bonus when the Red Sox first signed him, uh, coming out of Cuba, the consensus uh, number one overall uh, prospect in baseball, uh, the centerpiece of the Chris Sale trade. Uh, you know, so he he's been for a guy that has very limited major league action and experience, a guy that's been in the crosshairs now for for quite some time. Talk about in your discussion with him uh, some of the highlights of that conversation, the things that uh, he was pleased with, the things he wants to improve on, and what you see and what he sees for himself ahead in 2018 for the White Sox. Well, one thing I can go off the board on, kind of going a little Joker's Wild motif here for those few people who remember that. Although that game show has come back with Snoop Dogg hosting it now. So I guess guess people, even even the younger crowd knows what Joker's Wild is. But, uh, (laughs) you know, one thing that really impressed me about Moncada is just that he was kind of nonplussed whether he was going great, whether, you know, he had a a great stretch to finish the year or whether he was in that horrible funk to start. You did not see a kid who was kind of sitting in front of his locker and hanging his head saying, do I belong here? And I think he understands it's a process. And matter of fact, I know he understands the process because he said that to us three or four times, but in that talk at the end of the year, you know, I, I think he expressed that he knows there's work to be done. He was happy with what, he did. And the, the big thing that took away is he felt like a major leaguer. You know, he had a very short stay with the Red Sox at the end of the 16 season. So it's kind of hard to really, you know, get a handle on what you need to do and what you don't need to do. And that kind of thing when you're in the majors this year, he was, you know, basically up for the final what two, two, two and a half months of the season. So he kind of understood what, what's on the table. He understand what he needs to work on to get better. And I, I think this next year, is going to be a big year for him because it, it, to me, it's just so hard. We've seen a lot of players who ended up being okay, who came in, you know, for a part of the season and hit 370 and everyone's like, Oh, there it is. They found the next big thing. And then, you know, he ended up being a serviceable major league, which is fine too. But we've also seen players who have struggled. IE Aaron judge is an example. Mike Trout 
when they first got a taste of the big leagues, and now are two of the best players in the game. Mike Trout arguably is the best overall player in the game. So I think it, it's just so hard to judge from anything unless you want to take like small things away. You look at like Lucas Giolito, who kind of seemed to get his you know kind of focus and mental footing back on the mound last year. And I think aside from that, you just you got to see a full year. You got to see at least a full year from a guy in the majors to figure out what he is and what he isn't. And I will tell you, in talking to you know the scouts I've talked to over the past since they got him, everyone raves about this guy as a star to be. So I think that's the biggest thing I took away from him is that he feels like a major leaguer and he kind of has an understanding of what he has to do to get better and is looking forward to that challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he himself said that, you know, uh, a breaking pitch in double A is not a breaking pitch in the majors. It's it's night and day. And uh, to make that adjustment is a, is a pretty big daunting one for a guy who's still only, I, I believe, just 21. Uh, he's still so young. Loads of potential, and I think that uh, if it doesn't quite all come together in 2018, it will in the uh, near future. And uh, big things ahead for Yoan Moncada and the White Sox. Uh, that is uh, almost a, a slam dunk guarantee. Scott Merkin, great stuff as always. Uh, we thank you for the time, and we'll do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox.